did we see? Listen, guys, the new clock rule is literally the worst change to college football in the last 10 years. It's awful. This rule sucks. Right? College is supposed to be different from the NFL. It's supposed to be more exciting. Part of the beauty of the game is the comebacks. It's that you're never out of it with five minutes left. They changed this rule and they killed like 75% of that. So many games are effectively over at six minutes. It's ridiculous. I'm sitting there and I'm watching Miami, Texas A&M. And I'm just thinking, they can't really come back in this one. This clock rule is awful. The chain stopping on the first down made the last four minutes of every college football game some of the most exciting sports you would ever watch. Insane. You could come back. I mean, that last four to five minutes could last an hour, and it was amazing. It produced overtimes. It produced crazy comebacks, and it also meant that you have to burn all your timeouts and onside kick it. They have taken that away, and why? To shorten the game which they promptly stuffed with more commercials. So the experience is not really shorter. They're just watching more commercials. Now I get it. Advertisers are important. And as a business who depends on advertisers, right, to be viable, I get it. You want more space for advertising. But if the sacrifice is a longer game to maintain the integrity of your sport, So be it. We are college football fans. Of course, we're going to watch anyway. But this rule change sucks. And dressing it up as as if it's for the experience of the fan is a slap in the face to every fan. This is not about the fans. This is about the advertisers. I wish they would stop messing up the things that we love. We love college football. Leave it alone. What's next? Right? I can't imagine what bad rule they're going to come up with next. They're probably going to say, you know what? Now you only get two timeouts. That'll speed the game up. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes, man. This rule sucks, dude. It's only been two weeks in, and I'm just like, yeah, it's not. I mean, we've had some exciting innings through, through two weeks, but no thanks to the clock rule, man. They're killing part of what made this sport so special. What did we see? I hate to say it, but the ACC looks really good. The ACC has a couple of teams that I could see competing for New Year's Six for sure. Unlikely teams, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, man, Clemson is not the best team in this conference right now. And it's not particularly close as as of where we are right now in the season. Miami looked good. Florida State looks good. North Carolina has probably the best quarterback in the country, even though he didn't look particularly great in his game yesterday. He's still, to me, the best quarterback in the country. Duke has one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now and looks decent. The ACC looks legit this year, man, and I don't know the last time I was able to say that about their conference, which makes me say... When we play the SEC-ACC challenge this year, we got to get some get back. Y'all better be hooping on these fools because they already (laughs) think they better basketball players than us. We can't let them be better football players. That's our thing. So we got to take their stuff. 
Don't come out here and embarrass me during basketball season, man. Because I don't want to go talk to Candace Cooper over there locked on ACC and she started talking trash to us about every sport. I'm not, I'm not here for this. <laughs> can, we get, can we get our thing together, man? Okay, y'all look good. I concede it. It's fine. I still don't think you're going to win a title, but you look good. We got to get some get back during basketball season, man. Not finna be getting ran all up and down the court and we get ran all up and down the football field. That's not happening in the same sports year. No. Enough is enough. But congrats to the your ACC teams. <laughs> Man. Tip of the block. Y'all got Ike out here almost grabbing air. Goodness gracious. <laughs> what did you see in football this way, Ike? <laughs> Man, when basketball season gets here... <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, we right. gotta get some get back is what I saw. Meet me at the court then. Tired of this. Nonsense, man. What did we see? Come on, SEC. Yeah. Good yeah. gracious of life. Okay, yeah. let's just go back a week. Let's go back two weeks. Vandy almost laid a horrible egg against Hawaii in a fight at home. Hawaii. Traveled to the mainland, across the mainland, and almost got a victory. You won that. The next SEC game, we see Florida getting curb stomped in Utah with their backup QB. You lost by two scores in that game. Power five. Power five. We are three and four through two weeks. Against Power Five competition, we are three and four. First week, South Carolina loses by two scores. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The North Carolina. It's bad. Mm. LSU. I was the only one who had the 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 fortitude to pick FSU. Hearing Ike articulate why LSU was going to win had me feeling a little insecure about my pick. <laughs> Here comes Sunday. Yeah, it was bad. Brian Kelly. Yeah. Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. They lost by three scores yeah, it was pretty to bad. FSU. Yeah. Another, another ACC opponent. Yeah. We think we're going to get some, some revenge in week two against the ACC. Here comes AM, Miami. Miami was just in control that game. Those three games in the ACC Challenge, we have lost by a combined 50 points. Yikes. That doesn't sound good. A combined 50 points. Texas, who, you know, coming over to the SEC, bragging about taking down. least we can say, hey, you're not beating Bama. You're not beating Georgia. Here comes Bama. Here comes Bama. I switched my pick from a- from Texas to Bama because for some reason I thought Milrow would build off of week one. Didn't look good. All I can say is at least our QB won. Yeah. Bama can't say that. Yeah. They lost by two scores at home. At home. Yeah, it was bad. Georgia has perhaps the weakest non-conference schedule of any team in the top 25. 
And they look a little pedestrian. Offensively, they look bad. Yeah. Ole Miss. L Miss, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Went to Tulane and got scared. Mm-hmm. Got a little scare, scare put in them. I guess we look, yeah. We look. Mm-hmm. We look like unwashed booty. Like it's just, just na- like it's just, just, it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. We can't, and the reason I'm going on because we brag different at the SEC. We brag different. It yeah. just means more. Isn't that, isn't that our slogan? Did y'all hear the Texas fans doing the SEC chant during the Bama game? See, we want Georgia respectful. See what I mean? We going out like some punks. If we don't clean this up fast, this is what the world has wanted. This is what they have been waiting for. Yeah, they've been praying on our downfall. And we giving it to them two weeks. We giving them a lot to smile about. We straight cheeks right now. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I need us to get better. Speaking of Bama... In Texas, B-Will, you got something you want to say, man? What did we see? I I know y'all were expecting a Jimothy rant from me today. You're not going to get that. Because he still has our recruit. He still has Cam Coleman on the ship. So right now, he's won. (laughs) He has won. I I don't need him to just lose. Last year was embarrassing enough as far as him losing. I want that player back. Once we get that player back, it will go Jimbo. What I want to talk about today... Bama fans, you had a legendary run. It was an amazing run. Okay. It's over now. Mm. I'm so sorry. That's a take. That you're going to have to go through this. I, as an Auburn fan, came into college in 2002, and what I witnessed was several years of so much value on the defensive end. I could count on a stop from a Tuberville defense. Could count on it. Knew we were going to get it. We beat y'all six years in a row. And I kind of got used to it. And so when things started falling apart and, and then our defense starts giving, giving up points during the Chiswick era and later in the Gus era, it's like, what is this? I, I'm, I'm not used to this. This is strange to me. Offense could come and go, but the defense is always going to be here, right? So I understand what it must be like for you all to just assume that because Nick Saban hired a regular offensive coordinator, oh, we're going to get back to bully ball. Oh, it's going to be murder ball. Oh, he had all offseason, and they got the bad offensive line players out of the room, and they're coming in with an attitude. Shut the hell up. Nick Saban is an old man. He is not playing ball. He is not pushing against those Texas defensive linemen that need to make room for y'all running backs. He is not the cornerbacks out of position and getting smoked by those wide receivers and Quinn Ewers. He could never imbue the skill and the experience that he has in his mind into the players he has right now. The Bama dynasty was built off of an extreme talent advantage that only Bama carried 
and it slowly, very slowly disseminated to the programs around Bama. The first nail in the coffin was Kirby Smart splitting the talent base and going to Georgia. That was the first nail. I tell y'all this all the time. I've got a group chat with a cousin and a very good friend, a mutual friend of ours, and they are Bama fans through and through. When Bama is up, they text me, I know you watching this. You got to be seeing. Look at Milro. Last week, phone was blowing up. I ain't watch that weak-ass game. Nobody want to watch Bama run over Middle Tennessee State. I don't care. This week, when Texas struck first, I said, hey, man, it's mighty quiet in here. <laughs> I'm not getting no text. I said, y'all know it's over, right? Oh, shoot. Now, usually they'll stay quiet. They'll stay quiet for a little while. Bam, we'll try to do some comeback stuff, and then they'll win, right? I said, guys, I've been telling y'all this for, for like a year and a half. It's over. It's over. You don't have the talent advantage you had in 2008, 9, 10. It's like if you had a fantasy draft and instead of getting the the third pick in the round over round over round, it's like, okay, you're going to get the first seven picks and then somebody else in your fantasy will start picking. That's the type of talent advantage you have. You don't have that anymore. You can't say that you have coordinators that will get players to the next level better than anybody else. No, you don't have that. You don't have a Steve Sarkeesian dialing stuff up for wide receivers. What quarterback is going to come play for whoever the guy is that calls play? I have no idea who it is. Reese. Whatever his name is. The thing that changed Nick Saban's tenure was that it used to be about the coach is the boss. You get in and you do what they tell you to do. And that's the system. And that's it. Players figured out, I need to do what's best for me. And if that means that I need to go somewhere that's going to compensate me for my play, then I'm going to go there. And that might not be an Alabama that's won all these championships. It might be a, a Tennessee. It might be Ohio State. It might be a team that I could just be the best player this team has ever had, but I'm going to get paid and I'm going to get my snaps to put on some film. And that's okay for me. So instead of you getting four of the 10 best defensive linemen in the class, you're going to get one of them. And one of them is going to go to Georgia. And one of them's going to go to Texas. And one of them's going to come to Auburn. And instead of having five guys, or let's say uh, out of 11 defensive players, your 11th guy is better than every other team you play second best defensive player, you're right in the mix with everybody else. I know y'all thought it was Saban. Y'all thought this little 5A old man was somehow magical. And then when he touched that dirt in Tuscaloosa, it made everything better. No, it's talent. You don't have an advantage. You aren't evaluating well. I was told that Nick Saban develops wide receivers. Remember they tried to get on Perry Thompson by saying that? Where are they? Number one recruiting class, what, three, four years straight? But the offensive line getting smoked. The receivers not getting open. Milrose hit or miss. What's wrong? I thought he had the touch. I thought he was a magical little man. That's what y'all <laughs> told me. Y'all told me it was, oh, they done let Nick. You remember that lie that used to be, y'all done gave Nick Saban a month of prep time? <laughs> it used to be that in the BCS championship games, it's that he had so long to prepare. Not that Les Miles was, was running the 1965 wing T in the championship game or that Notre Dame did not have the talent to compete with Alabama in that game. No, it was he had a month to prepare. It was a talent. That's what it always was. 
It started when Kirby split it in half, and every defensive player who thought they had the best advantage to go to the NFL on defense thought it was Alabama. Kirby said, no, it was, it's me too. Oh, okay, well, I'll go there. Beginning of the end. And it's been split by NIL. It's been split by the transfer portal. And now you have just as much talent as everybody else. That is a major talent player. Texas has just as much talent as Bama. Georgia has just as much talent as Bama. Ohio State has just as much talent as Bama. You're still better than 90% of the country. USC probably has just as much talent as Bama. Not on the same side of the ball, but y'all get what we're saying. The measure of a coach is what he can do when he has the exact same hand as everybody else. If you got 10 Trump in your hand and you win, you're not a better card player. You had better cards. It's over. Y'all not running the kitty on this table no more. Godspeed to you. What did we see?